Welcome back to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome to our watch club for Star Wars The Bad Batch. Don't make the same mistake twice. Don't become my enemy. Fire, win, ready, and welcome back to Watch Club. My name is CT0831, but you can call me Hugs. And this is our Watch Club for Star Wars The Bad Batch, episode 15, titled Return to Kamino. If you're joining us for the first time, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series, kind of like a book club, but way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this series and Star Wars in general, so if you haven't watched this week's episode yet, be sure to do so. And then come on right back in less than 12 parsecs. Now, before we take the tube system to get into the city, let me introduce you to our experimental crew of ragtag troopers. First up, he's taller than a Jawa, smaller than Jabba, and just as entertaining as Jar Jar, he's CT1231, also known as Edit. Did you say tube? I is, said that how, tube. is that how you pronounce it? Tube. <laughs> it's, it's how everyone tube. should pronounce that word. Yeah, I it think. sounds better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And dropping in from the sky, way up high, we have the dopest, dankest dude on Dagobah, CT1006, but you can call him Joints. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and rounding out our small battalion, we are so glad to have a true friend and war hero joining us, and her name is CT. 0118, but you can call her Brushstroke. Megan Clara of Megan Clara Draws. Join us for the first time on this Watch Club. Welcome in. Hello. Hello. What a what a welcoming. Yeah. I feel like I'm a super fan right now because I've been listening to every single episode of this Watch Club <laughs> oh. and listening to the, he's taller than a Jabba, but shorter than Jabba. I'm like, I know the whole thing off my heart. Awesome. That's always, that's always nice to hear. Um, well, <laughs> Welcome in, Megan. Our listeners will remember uh, Megan from the various watch clubs that you've joined us, th you know, throughout yes, the last yes. year. Uh, I think the first time you ever joined us was on The Mandalorian season one, two? I think, or two, two. was it? Yeah, yeah. it was the Frog Lady episode. Yeah. Frog Lady episode. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much for, for joining us. And for the, listen, for the troopers who are listening who maybe haven't heard from you before, can you tell them who you are and when your love of Star Wars animation began? Absolutely. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Megan. Um, I'm a self-taught artist and character designer, and um, I have only joined the nerd dome in like <laughs> the last six years. Uh, the first ever Star Wars content at all that I participated in was actually The Force Awakens, so I hadn't seen anything until wow. that came out. And then just last year, a dear friend of mine said, Megan, you need to start watching this Clone Wars series. You'll love it. Please get into it. If I can show you the first episode, that would be a gift. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that first episode when Yoda uh, is with the three troopers and he's talking about them being individuals they each have their own thing and they're important to this cause they're not just another soldier they're not just another clone that was like wow this is gonna be different than anything star wars i've seen so yeah it caught me episode one i there was you into go. it you were into it that's, yeah. that's a it's a really relevant 
uh, <laughs> reference for yeah. what you've been experiencing. So I, I'm I'm so glad that you brought that up because yeah. that just hits hard with what's what's going on here in, in this series. So very nice. Yeah. Oh and uh, oh, hold on. What what is, what is just happening right now? I think we're getting a we have another guest, a smaller guest joining us over hollow message it seems oh my gosh omega herself is here hello omega uh hello wow it's so incredible to be hearing from you after we've watched your you on this show for so long um what did you think of this week's episode yeah it it was a little hard to relive um and it made me a little bit scared oh no you know i mean i've lived on camino my whole life yeah and it's where I met Hunter and Rekka and the rest of the Bed Batch. They're my brothers. Of course. And I just hope that we can convince Crosshair of that too. I, I, I really hope that as well, Omega. Oh my gosh. Well, listen, you, you seem to be cutting out there. Is, is everything okay? Uh, 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 you, oh, shoot. It seems we've lost her. We've lost her. But wow. <laughs> Megan, what That was that? pretty neat. That's crazy. Wow, I cannot believe that Omega herself, it only took up until the second last episode of this series to hear from her, but I'm so stoked that we did. I hope, maybe, listen, I'll try to see if I can get the chain code written down that we just saw there. I'll see if maybe we can talk to her next week as well. But listen, before we all get blown up by the Empire, uh, let's get your, we know how Omega feels, let's get your high-level thoughts on the episode itself. Brushstroke, let's start with yourself. Yeah, uh, I was not sure where this episode was going to go. Obviously, we knew that Crosshair was going to take Hunter back to Kamino, but mm-hmm. I did not see what happened coming in the way that it happened. I think just like overall, it's really cool to finally get an answer about Kamino mm-hmm. and like what happens to it. Yeah. So I loved that. And I also really loved how um, Omega's confidence and um assuredness of herself came out in this episode mm. it was really cool yeah we we did we talked about it a little bit last week like maybe we get to see her finally like take on some of the leadership things that she was learning and you yeah. definitely see it in that first section of the episode yeah. uh joints how about yourself what you what were your overall thoughts my friend i really liked the episode too i thought it was awesome to see like we said where where, where camino stands in the empire going forward and it was made very clear in this episode uh where exactly they stand so <laughs> It was neat to see that, again, because we've been talking about that, like the whole series is what is going to happen to Camino. We're going to see the fall of it and stuff like that. So to actually see it and how it came about was really cool because, again, like like Megan said, you didn't really expect to, to, for it to go down the way it went down. So, sure. uh, yeah, really cool episode. Very cool. How about yourself, Edit? Uh, this is uh, a penultimate, man. This is yeah. the setup. Um, these were the answers that we needed. Uh, you know, having lived this show for the last you know, 14 weeks and come to episode 15 to get questions answered. It was gratifying to, to get these answers. And some of them we were, we were definitely right about, right? Like yes. it, we're going to get into it. And I, and I, I'm stoked. And, and yes, what you guys have all said about how the events went down, didn't see that coming, but it's great that we are getting some closure to some of the plot elements that have been planted. So I'm, I'm very excited to see uh, how we, how we wrap this up, especially with, a season two on the horizon for 2022. Yeah, which I'm so finally, yeah. finally we know that. Finally we can talk about that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I knew uh, five weeks ago. I just couldn't say. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. 
Um, but honestly, this was, yeah, this episode was fantastic. I do think it was predictable um, based off of a lot of what we said. But again, to your point in terms of how it happened and, and I sure. think the, the timing of certain uh, things happening, I'm really glad that they happened in this episode and everything we thought of happened in this episode so that come next episode uh, and next season, which is awesome, mm. um, we really don't know. So I, I, I definitely felt elevated like like last week's episode. It was a continuation of, of a story that we all really wanted. Um, and oddly enough, it surprised me with some feels towards Camino that I didn't think I'd ever have because right? like what a weird thing to but anyways we'll get into that we'll dive into those questions so much more um as we get into the plot so let's let's dive into the plot here before uh, we do oh, that yes can I pick a bone with the three of you oh no what did okay. we do just a quick one just okay a quick one okay two points so first one is nowhere on the internet does it state that The Bad Batch is a children's show. There are many points throughout this podcast where you guys go, this happened and it's kind of annoying, but it's fine because it's a kid's show. I'm like, but it's not. Like, all Star Wars everything is for all audiences. And I just want to put the point out from my perspective that just because it's animation doesn't mean it's for kids. And just because there's a kid in it doesn't mean it's for kids. I don't know. At least for, from what I'm aware of, like a lot of the criticisms that we have had in terms of seeing it as a kid's show um, are mostly from, again, to Justin's point, the fact that we don't want it to be, right? Yeah. We, yeah, are, okay. we are all That's older fair. kids ourselves. <laughs> and so because of that, um, I think a lot of the times where we've, where we've maybe saw it as a kid's show, most of the time, I don't think we're trying to say it's okay because, you know, but I do think there's a lot of moments where there, we, I think we mentioned like narratively, this made it feel more like a kid's show when yeah. it shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, and okay. that's stuff that we didn't yeah. like. I hope yeah. that, that the bone has been picked. Definitely. I appreciate that. Well, I'm, I'm so happy that you brought that up. Yeah, no problem. I'm, thank you for clearing that up for me as well. Is there more bones? Just a little one. Okay. okay. Um, All right. With this one being only 16 episodes Mm -hmm. and to compare it, hard to compare art, but to compare it to the Clone Wars series of six seasons of about 20 to 23 episodes per season, um, there's bound to be a few exposition episodes. And I guess starting off, we weren't sure if there was going to be multiple seasons of this show. Now we know there's at least two. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's okay to have a few exposition episodes where Clone Wars had like Probably a few seasons full of them. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, based on where I, at least I'm coming from, comparing this to the, the Clone Wars, stuff like that, I think of the last season where they only had the limited yes. run, and there were, every episode in that season mattered and had grave consequences in the in the, in the whole universe. Yes, that whole season was that snowball effect that you guys have been talking mm-hmm. about from episode one to the final episode. It all flowed together flowed. yes mm-hmm. so i get what you're talking about with that yeah yeah that's just again that the most recent star wars animation coming off that that's what i was kind of hoping to get again it being on a disney plus series so it was, it was a bit of a letdown to have those fillers and again now knowing that there's a second season going forward it, it makes those fillers a bit more understandable in the exactly long run. so yes. yeah. i'm and, okay with it now <laughs> yeah and 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 yeah looking looking back at it i don't think we like if we were watching this 
with the understanding that there was a second season, we might not have been as harsh uh, from a scoring mm-hmm. perspective on some <laughs> of those episodes. I still stand by my Fennec Shand review uh, intro episode. Anyways, um, we won't get back. <laughs> yeah, that. I, I, I feel like I feel like when it comes to you know you used the the last season Darcy as a reference of Clone Wars and how refined it was and how focused it was. I wish that the same sort of amount of attention was applied to previous seasons of Clone Wars, where they did revise and make revisions and maybe not have to rely, but because it's television and it's a kids show it runs a certain amount of episodes per season mm-hmm. so it's different than the streaming which is now it allows them a little bit more focus i think even looking at bad batch you could take out a few episodes that were just basic filler and it wouldn't have changed the course we would have just gotten to where we are now sooner rather than later mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, i mentioned with kevin when i was talking to him about it just like this could have easily been 12 episodes and I would have enjoyed it much more because you would have had less filler and more content in a shorter period of time. Like this waiting really between good episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these waiting between good episodes just kind of really feel uh, killed the momentum in my mind. So, mm-hmm. But yeah. do you remember that like three episode arc of the like four droids and that little frog man? Yeah, yeah. I like those Clone episodes. Wars? I like those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like well, because that's what introduced us to Gregor. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. true. Yeah. 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 True. I don't know. I get it, though. It I get it. That means something. Oh, this is good, though. But, like, <laughs> yeah. honestly, I, I love having a dialogue about it. But mm-hmm. this is this yeah. is great. So this is what we love about Star Wars. And we should be able to have these conversations, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's yeah. no, you know, it doesn't, no one owns that fandom. It's, it's, a, it's an existing fandom for us to share. Uh, and, and this is fun. This is really good. So yeah, Absolutely. Wait, I agree. Know, go ahead. Okay. All the bones have been picked. Let's get into it. Let's yeah. get into <laughs> it. Let's get into it. So the episode kicks off with Crosshair taking a captive hunter to Kamino, all while the rest of Clone Force 99 hurries to repair their ship and rescue him. Uh, Wrecker mentions leaving Gregor with an unhappy Sid, and the gang track Hunter through his comms device, knowing all too well they're being led into a trap. Meanwhile, Admiral Rampart meets Hunter for the first time, mind you, on Kamino, telling him, the destruction your squad caused on Ryloth got my attention. He also discreetly tells a member of Crosshair's squad to alert him if things go south. Upon reaching Kamino, Omega directs the others to a secret landing pad in Topoka City, which requires them to fly dangerously close to the planet's watery surface before it activates. Thankfully, all goes well, and the gang sneaks into the city's main platform uh, through an underwater tube transport system, leading them to Nalise's private research laboratory. As Omega explains, uh, this is also where Nalise created her and enhance Clone Force 99's genetic mutations, much to the other's surprise. Sadly, anyone hoping to learn more about Nalise's secrets are out of luck, as Echo discovers that the lab's central files are missing. Moreover, as the gang learns from the medical droid AZ, who was hiding in the lab, the Empire has kept busy deactivating droids, forcing key Kaminoan personnel off-world, and reassigning the clone troopers to other planets. Okay, so... (sighs) Before we continue, that's a lot to chew on. We're finally (laughs) learning a little more here. What did you think of this lab as the birthplace of both Omega and Experimental Unit 99? Brushstroke. Uh, let's start. Is it brush stroke or brush strokes? Brush stroke. Oh, get it right. Get it right. <laughs> yeah, just, not strokes. Right. Yeah. Brush stroke. <laughs> what did you think of uh, of this moment? Um. Did anybody catch Omega's line? Experimental Unit 99 began right here. I was there. Right? Yeah. I I thought it's it seems weird. Like was she like conscious as a like a baby or something like or that? Or is she like a think... whole Grogu deal where she looks really young like, but yeah. she's 
Oh, I'm glad you brought that up too, because that was one of the main things I was like, I'm confused by that. How does she know? Like, she, she sounds like she was witnessing it, not just I was also in the tube over there type thing. It sounds like she was almost playing an active part in it. It was very confusing from that yeah. that weird vagueness that she gave I mean, off there. She's, I guess she's their older sister, which, I, I mean, here's the only thing. The clones do have accelerated growth rate, right? But I'm just right. trying to figure out in my head, like, what age she'd have to be to still remember that. Or, you know, is there still something lingering there from a standpoint of a lot of people speculating that Omega is somewhat Force-sensitive does that allow her to maybe, even as a, a two-year-old, a one-year-old, whatever, remember these moments so vividly? Oh, totally, because in canon, there's a lot of Force users who specialize in, in viewing the past through the Force. Whoa. So for, for a, if she is Force-sensitive, that would easily be enough of a connection for me to be like, oh, she can remember her mother's face if we're quoting Leia's from the like a New Hope type thing. Like, right. Obviously, that's got to be a Force connection for Leia, so I wouldn't be surprised if... If it's a, a similar wow. thing for Omega. That'd be yeah. cool. <laughs> Jeez. What about also, though, she has the exact same DNA as Jango Fett and Boba Fett. Like, she mm -hmm. is... She's basically Boba's directly sister. ...directly a clone from them. Yeah. Yeah. Were they sped up as well? No. They no. weren't. That, so... that's, the whole, that's the whole thing, though, about Omega, is that she's a, she's mm. a direct clone. She's not Jango altered Fett. in any way, in any altered way in right? Any way. So right. I'm thinking is that they're new. The clones are new. She was already like they were already accelerated. They were already enhanced. They were being enhanced while she was there at probably a young age. Right. Which is why she was so connected. She remembers them, but they don't remember her. Mm. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I think that's what we're getting at. So I, I don't know. I, I, I love all the theories that you guys drop. But when I heard that, I thought, well, does that mean that they're not necessarily as old as we think? Do you know what I mean? Like right. maybe they're yeah. a little bit like they were born yesterday kind of mentality. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you even think about like that is sort of a callback to the very first episode when we first meet Omega. And she's yes. like, my name's Omega. Yeah. And I, I'm she's so excited to meet you. Like they're yeah. right. She says, I've been waiting to meet you. Or I'm excited to meet you because yeah, she yeah. has been wanting to. Yeah be a part yeah. of I, I, that's that's what that made me think of when i heard that line was the first episode of of her interaction and how yeah. comfortable she was already with them yes and they felt comfortable with her but they didn't like especially no, Hunter, why? We, like, we, why and they didn't she he didn't know why he didn't know why i mean Weird. listen we're chewing on so much can we chew on those tubes because there were more than there <gasps> the were more than system. there were more than six uh of the tubes that were used to, to so i mean does this mean there's other defective clones is there more experimental clones uh, is it possible that a little green little baby uh <laughs> named grogu could have been <laughs> could have been uh experimented on or created in this lab i mean with nala say it makes sense right I, I don't know. I wasn't going necessarily more secret lab <laughs> thing. I was thinking because we, we know that the Kaminoans live on this planet. And after yeah. they kind of destroyed it and flooded it with, you know, all their science know-how, they need to have a, a way to transport between these cities that they now have. So that's that's all I thought of is maybe those other other tubes are going to different cities. Because all mm. we've seen really is to, uh, Topoka. And who knows mm -hmm. how many other other facilities are on the planet. But does the Empire only know about Topoka City? And they just uh, assume that's it? That's I, Yeah, that's, that's another thing. Like was, Topoka City might be the, the cloning-specific thing, and the other cities are just where the regular Kaminoans dwell or something. I have like, that's, that's where I was kind of like, huh, I wonder what else is on Kamino uh, uh, right now. Because like, 
it's it's really up in the air. I'm yeah. just saying, man, if we see Nala say holding a little baby swaddled in her arms, like in the last episode, like, come on, it would just fit. Be it would totally well, fit. It'd be interesting because that means someone got him off or out of the, the temple and then brought him to Kamino for some oh, reason. Oh, shoot. So like, Damn. why would Jedi, why would a Jedi who, who rescued this youngling be like, to Kamino? Like, that doesn't seem the right <laughs> spot. Sure, unless, all the... <laughs> unless he saw something on the youngling, like a little patch or something that would say, like, oh, the cloning for it. Oh, I got to take them to his home or what. I don't know. Return him know. back to his property. Yeah. Sure. I, 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 but again, the, the problem. <laughs> that place if is lost, responsible please for the downfall of the Jedi. Yeah. Why would they, why yeah. they go back there? That's no, at the point that. At the point of where we are, Grogu would have been exited from the temple from whomever yeah. the mystery person was who right. saved him. And who, who knows where he ends up. But mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's far fetched to th- to connect the idea of cloning from 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 this series to what we're seeing in the Mandalorian. Yeah, both mm-hmm. you know brainchilds of of Filoni, uh, and, mm-hmm. and obviously with other partners in, involved. But I, I think there might be something there that's kind of going to bring this thread together. And, and with Book of Boba Fett, and now that we know that. You know, Omega is is his. Who knows what we might see in that, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, dude, Omega is Grogu's mom. What? No, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's right. maybe reaching a little. Maybe farming. a little. Maybe a little. <laughs> He's Nate Mistowing. <laughs> before we move on, I also really love, um, like I mentioned before, that Omega has sort of come into her own and she's like yes. way more confident and yes. ready to tell them, no, 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 listen to me, trust me, I know what I'm doing here, when she gets them to land on that platform and yes. then she like, the tube comes up and she opens it and that shot of her like turning around go, come on. I'm like, yeah. oh, I yeah. love it. And I yeah. also love the animation style the design of this show the lighting is stunning in this show and um darcy like you said in the seventh season of the clone wars Mm -hmm. they just like amped up their game like crazy they make it super cinematic yeah yeah that that whole like that whole season was animated like an animated movie but with episodes it was it was so well done and 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 there's there is that uh contribution to this series as well and yeah, I think in especially being on Camino and seeing like the rain and, and the shadows and the lights, storm and and the storm and everything. It's just it. it there was more attention paid to uh, you know on last week. Jesse was saying you know their budget went into these these last three episodes, and you saw it lot in last week's episode. Yeah. And you're only seeing it continued here. So uh, yeah, that's that's great. And Omega finally showing <laughs> some leadership and like really leaning into that. I absolutely. You know, I was like, yeah, she's she's taking charge because these guys were mm-hmm. kind of like, what do we do now? Right. Like yeah. our our leader is they gone. No and plans. she's like, no, yeah. like, OK, this is what we're going to do. Right. If we're going to go to Camino, we're going to go through the back door because I know <laughs> yeah. how to get in. There. Yeah, exactly. This is my territory now. You listen to me. I love and, it. And I got to say, like, um, shout out to whoever made the decision to include that that musical riff that plays when when Crosshair and Hunter first land on Camino in the rain it's it's the same it's mm-hmm. like the the you know like that sort of and that's exactly what plays when Obi-Wan does that so for like the hardcore of hardcore fans that especially with the music side of things it's just such a nice little touch it's these little yeah. small touches that really help like bring all of these stories together that I think is so cool it's um, yeah. all about the details bro. it's all about the details and <laughs> I also did want to just quickly shout out Omega's wet hair style uh, super badass right and I yeah. love how she's like she's like he's like how are you feeling he's like she's like it doesn't matter 
It was like, the hair <laughs> thick under the way. Yeah. All that matters is that we save Hunter. And it's like, okay, all right. Oh, oh, okay, you're Let's you're a leader. Hunter. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> all righty. Let's keep going here. Um, elsewhere, Hunter tries to get through to Crosshair upon realizing the Empire is decommissioning Kamino's cloning facility, telling him it's only a matter of time before the Empire starts phasing out clones. Uh, not the ones that matter, Crosshair replies, quietly chastising, chastising Hunter and the others for leaving him behind on Kamino. Hunter points out that Crosshair tried to kill them and that they had no choice. Uh, and and he, you know, Crosshair fires back with, and I did. Unabated, Hunter argues that the Empire is arguing for occupying planets uh, and silencing anyone who stands up against them, insisting that they're using and controlling Crosshair through his in- inhibitor chip. Meanwhile, Wrecker, Tech, and Echo track Hunter's comms to the central cloning platform with Omega remaining in Nalise's lab in case the mission goes sideways. They attempt to sneak in by using the lift, but unfortunately, Crosshair knows his old team too well and surrounds them with his soldiers before ordering them to throw down their weapons. Now, quietly, Echo signals Omega and AZ to retreat to the Havoc Marauder. Omega, of course, you know, she's not going to do that. She wants to she's help them. She's a leader them. now. She's a leader yeah, now. Yeah. She's got her wet hair, uh, and she <laughs> wants to help them. And so she begins activating the droids in the training room before one of Crosshair's soldiers finds her. Uh, Crosshair accuses Hunter of betraying everything they stood for out of his misguided loyalty to his vision of the Republic. We're loyal to each other, not some empire, Hunter retorts. Not impressed, Crosshair says that he'll give Hunter the chance that he never got from him and orders that Omega be taken off-world for her own safety. He then rebukes Hunter for pretending he's something he's not. We're not like the regs. We've never, we never have been. We're superior. The Empire can't protect the galaxy without strength. This is what we were made for. So we finally get to see Crosshair, in a way, um, open up more than I think we've, we've ever gotten. What did you think of this turning point for his character? And why do you feel he made the decision to invite them to join him instead of continuing to destroy them? Brushstroke, let's start with yourself on that. Yeah, wow. That was a powerful few scenes with Crosshair Holy. and Hunter. Yeah. I like teared up when he said... I'm going to give you something you didn't give me oh. a chance. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, he really does aim for the heart, right? And he crossed oh, there. So Ooh. good. Yeah. Um, also, I just want to say that I think AZ is one of my favorite droids ever. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so funny oh, that he's he... like, oh, my God, Omega. Yeah, or like when, when, he, when he presses the button and then it takes out that one trooper I and he's like, it. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. He's never done uh, anything like that. No, yeah. but I, yeah, I think it was, it was just really powerful, these scenes. And like you said, really cool to see Crosshair deeper than we've ever seen him. Totally. Yeah, I, I feel like this, these were the answers that I personally was looking for, um, you know, in terms of where the, the fuel is coming from, from Crosshair. He is hurt yeah. that his brothers abandoned him and abandon their mission and you know he really points that out with his his comment of like you know giving him a chance that he never got right and and i think that 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 is meant to strike that that chord i also find it interesting that you know they're all ending up in the training facility where they actually had to prove themselves as a Mm -hmm. cohesive team 
and you know the scene that follows like i don't know we'll get to it. we'll get to it. we'll get to it. <laughs> yeah. we'll get to it. we'll talk about that don't worry don't worry uh, i just i think like like you said he's probably pretty hurt that he was abandoned and I, yeah. it almost seems like he understands why they did what they did and he i personally got the idea that he's reaching out this invitation to them because he's afraid of losing them like mm. they are his brothers he doesn't want them to be the enemy of the empire so he's like, look, this is what we can do is we can be useful here and not be hunted for what we are. hundred percent. Essentially. So that's, 100%, that's, a, yeah. that's, that's, he's afraid of that for sure. Well, I just want to say like, this is, this is the Darth Vader vibes that we've been talking about, right? Like yeah. join me and together we can rule the galaxy yes, as father yes, and yes. son, right? Mm-hmm. It's that motif. Uh. We've discussed how Crosshair could very much be like the Vader type arc where he kind of ends up saving them. But I was just kind of shocked that it happened so quickly and that it happened in front of his whole team or his whole crew. It just goes to show that like no matter how much he tries to hide it at the end of the day, right? He, yeah, you're right. He can't escape the fact that there is family. He, he actually, you know, he doesn't care about the Empire. He doesn't care about the Republic. He just wants them to be together. I, Yes, he wants them to be together, but he also he also I think he really wants his freedom, right? And mm-hmm. and what he wants here is to continue being a soldier because that's all he's ever known and no. it's the only way he's ever felt adequate, right? That's the only way that he's really good at something and it's being a soldier. It's all he's ever known. So, you know, I think, you know, he never had the same opportunity to see what Omega really gave the rest of Clone Force 99 and and as cheesy as it sound, it, it that's hope. Right, she gives them hope for a better oh, life. Oh no, that's not cheesy, and he man. Didn't, he didn't get that. That that's is not Star cheesy. Wars. That is Star Wars. Wars. Yeah. Thank you, <laughs> thank yeah. you, brushstroke. That is that is a hundred percent Star Wars, and that that makes sense. You know, that is such a small, yeah, one word theme that means so much in the in in this galaxy, and and to ingrain that in in this in that sort of understanding of what this relationship is, you know, bravo for for driving, so driving well that out. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I uh Hugs, I totally agree with you when it comes to the whole Darth Vader speech. It felt very like uh, this from my perspective. I'm a huge Harry Potter nerd, but it felt like Voldemort saying like yeah. we can do this together. Yeah. If you join me, you'll be mm-hmm. the most powerful one. And blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it felt kind of like that. So yeah. there is part of Crosshair that I definitely think he's hurt. He misses his brothers. Yeah. He just wants them to be together again. But I I do think that there's a little part of him, which again we'll talk about later, um, that is maybe not um, uh, loyal to the Empire, but to something bigger that's not necessarily a good thing. Oh, I okay. think. Okay. All right. Well, I'm excited to hear about that. Let's keep going here. Uh, removing Hunter's handcuffs, Crosshair orders his squad to stand down. When they refuse. He kills nearly all of them in an awesome moment with a single blaster shot before telling Hunter and the gang to join the Empire, lest they make the same mistake of becoming his enemy a second time. As one of the members, remaining members of Crosshair's team flees, they contact Rampart, telling him Crosshair lost control of the situation. In response, Rampart orders them to pull all the remaining troopers out and let the clones die together. At the same time, AZ helps Omega escape, and the pair successfully activate the training droids. Only problem is, they activate too many training droids. And then, and then we get it. For a brief shining moment, 
we get to see everyone working together again as brothers and sisters in arms as the music swells and they, we see the Bad Batch at the beginning, you know, just like they were at the beginning. And it's just the, oh, it's amazing. Uh, so it brings me to my, my questions here. So getting to see the Bad Batch fighting together again in all their glory as like a, a fully restored but still somewhat broken team was fantastic. What did you think of that moment? And what did you think of, uh, you know, Rampart just dropping Crosshair kind of with the line, you know, let the clones die together? Uh, edit, let's check in with you on this one. Well, I, I was hinting at it in, in, in the last scene and to find them in this training facility, like you pointed out, where we saw them work together and prove themselves in front of this new empire. Um, and now this is the place that they are foreseeably going to die in uh, together. It, it, it just drew that sort of, uh, I believe it's called a bookend, uh, Nate. Oh, um, is that uh, what it is? So, I love those um, things. Yeah, I don't even read and, books. And, 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 and I believe that this this to me is like the chef's kiss, mm. the mm. chef's kiss in the air kind of thing, like how it all comes together. And I, honestly, um, as silly as this is, and I know I was like applauding, when they just started working together, I had like this huge like like flutter in my my stomach of like excitement and like yeah. this is Star Wars. Like this is what you want from Star Wars. So, you know, uh yeah, it was it was like the pinnacle moment of the episode for me, uh, you know. So many chills. So many chills. Yep. I uh I also really loved um when Tech sort of notices that reflective surface and then sort of like jabs at Wrecker, <laughs> yeah. that is a callback to an episode in season seven of The mm -hmm. Clone Wars where Crosshair does that through a oh, hallway. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I remember that. Shoot. And I was like, oh my God, he did it again. That's like, That's cool. I, how crazy that they keep going like, oh, remember when this happened? They still do that. And also <laughs> this, they're still doing it. And even in that fight, um, when... Uh, Crosshair shoots the one droid and then Hunter stabs him. That same thing happened in the first episode or whenever right. it was that they proved themselves, right? right? So their fighting style just fits together and it's yeah. so cool. And I also just loved Omega with her bow. She her killed confidence. it. Again, yeah. she <laughs> just has perfect aim. So oh, good. I love it. Uh, I think before I, I want to talk about the battle, I just thought it was really cool to see the sweeping shots of Kamino when they said pull everybody out, and we see all the, right. the like locations, like the mess hall and like the cloning twos, places that we grew to like really know as a part of the Clone Wars era and, and Kamino. Like this, this is what we know of Kamino is those locations, and it was almost like a very sweet swan song to say like this is the last time you're going to see this because all hell is going to rain down soon type thing. So I yeah, thought that was a really empty? cool. Yeah, it was like a very yeah. eerie, spooky vibe to be like, when we've seen this before, there's been like crowds of clones and, and the Kaminoans walking around, like working to build the, the army that we know in, in the, the earlier era. Yeah, well, so so it's just, out, yeah. I thought it was very interesting that they, they took the time to like really show it like th this is the end of Kamino as we know it at least. So yeah. Yeah, very true. I thought that was really cool. But then yeah, seeing the the batch working together again was just like like you guys were saying, it's an exhilarating feeling to be like, yes, they they, they still are a team. All that the, the years that they fought together are still like ingrained in them. They can't not fight well together. They're, even if they are angry at each other, they still are like, look, we can get her alive and then we'll continue our fight basically. So yeah. I yeah. thought that was really cool. Yeah, I got mad chills. I 
honestly, like it was the highlight of the episode, obviously. And I, I even got a little choked up just watching them like decimate the, and those were like first generation dark troopers, which I know we called out uh, at the beginning of this series. Um, and then as for Rampart, just dropping crosshair like that, it just, it just shows how clinical the empire is in comparison to someone like Nala say, where in the previous episode, we see her with all the little baby Boba clones or whatever. Right. And she's like, come along. And like, she's trying to save them. Um, and it just shows like, that sort of dichotomy like she actually really cares about them whereas the empire just sees them as like these dispensable weapons exactly. right yes. they're, they're nothing they're, they're they're useless now yeah and, and, and that's and that's literally what that that command so really shows right so yeah All and right. Nate, i i remind me if i'm incorrect but is that music that happens during that battle scene specific it felt like it came from somewhere i think that's just like the main the Star bad Wars batch theme. theme right like oh, that's okay, the that's okay. the big like that's what plays at the end of uh, every episode you'll hear it right and then it I also see. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, plays yeah. at the beginning of every podcast as well so yeah oh, <laughs> maybe that's where you heard it maybe yeah. that's why i'm like that music is ingrained in my head there you go. <laughs> all right let's uh let's get to kind of the the ending of the episode here um, after briefly teaming up to blast the training droids to pieces, Hunter, Tech, and Echo hold Crosshair at gunpoint, begging him to forget the Empire and allow them to remove his inhibitor chip. And this is when Crosshair finally drops the bombshell that I predicted halfway through the season, just saying. Uh, he had his chip removed a long time ago and insists this is who he truly is. Left with uh, with little other choice, Hunter stuns Crosshair and has Wrecker carry him as they flee the city, though not before apologizing to Omega after he told her she would never have to return to Kamino. She assures him that you'd do the same for me. And then we're treated to a brief montage of a now-abandoned Topoka city as Rampart, acting on Grand Moff Tarkin's orders, has his ships fire upon the cloning facilities. This also prevents Clone Force 99 from reaching the underwater transport, leaving their fates to be resolved in the season finale. So that is the end of the episode. What did you think of Crosshair's chip removal reveal and the destruction of Topoka City and the cloning facility? When did he figure out he had it in there? Who told him? I think it was when... The in episode eight when he got that huge blast from the from the giant like mm-hmm. uh, ship he said going a off. Long time ago. Yeah, I think that's a long I, time for him. Yeah, like, I think you got to remember really? there's well because there's adventures that we're not seeing that are happening with the Bad Batch between these episodes. So you, the timeline's time a little fuzzy. Yeah, right? time is passing mm-hmm. through these okay. episodes. It's not necessarily. Some of them do follow one another and are mm-hmm. very much like, as you referenced, the three arc episode with the droids and the frogman. <laughs> yeah. um, so like they have like a couple of those throughout, but th- there's a few episodes that feel very spaced out. Like stuff has happened. That's like true. they've been doing a lot of work for Sid and so on. And I, I think that is yeah. to kind of allude to this point. Right. And also to okay. set up the amount of space because, you know, going back to the last scene with the action to see them come together and the last time we saw them was in that facility together doing that and putting Mm -hmm. all that space it really just hit hard like that that feel of like yes they're back together right um so i think that the him alluding to the fact that it it had been removed uh for a while ago it does make sense that it would be that you know that was what episode eight so episode eight yeah i was halfway through it could have been a little while ago i think i think it's just I don't know. He just he he would have discovered it because that's where the burn mark is. They yeah. would have he would have been a little bit more aware of it. I think that's honestly when it happened. I don't know. 
Uh, I mean, I the other thing I thought I had, I mean, I'm hoping it's the burn mark time because that would be make the most sense and make me feel better about how I, I look at the show. But uh, the only other thing that I could think of is when they went to strengthen the inhibitor chip in the first episode. If he's like, what What are you talking about an inhibitor chip? I, get that shit out of me. I don't need it type thing. Like, mm. I can see him doing that, being like, I, I'm a better soldier without you whispering orders in my ear. I'll do whatever you say. Just let me do it my way type thing. I, hmm. I, I can almost see that would also be a very long time ago, especially if you look at the, the, the season as a whole, that's yeah, beginning to end now, basically. So yeah, it, those are the two options in my mind. So I, if we get the reveal of, as to when he removes it, I think that would be really cool to see if it which one it was basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only thing I can think of just because I guess the way I saw it was that it was like even before the show. Um, like really long time ago is that when order 66 does happen he doesn't flinch like there's nothing about him that's like um but we're supposed to kill the jedi kind of thing or you let that jedi get away but i don't know i don't know there's something i know i know he does say you let the jedi get away you're supposed to kill them is the good soldiers follow orders that that's yes. the, the giveaway that the the chip is working to some point cuz wrecker also said it when he was under the oh, influence okay, yeah. of the chip. So it's debunked. I think, yeah, I think that's really enforcing the fact that he had the chip at that point. Yes. But okay. when after that did he get it removed, basically? Yeah. But I think mm-hmm. I think the real the real thing that this sets up, right, is that he is acting on his own intentions. Very much mm-hmm. like you predicted, Nate. You called it, buddy. You called it. <laughs> I had doubts that that would be right, but I, I was very thrilled to see how they tied it into his redemption or or, or maybe leading to his redemption. Uh, that being said, I, I think it's it's interesting that it's his behavior. It's, it's who he is. It's what he mm-hmm. knows that is really guiding him right now, not an inhibitor chip. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, that's what I think the main takeaway from this is uh, rather than just where and when and, and how. I mean, again, I have I have mixed feelings about like how much we and I think I think a lot of the internet. I I, I don't think I was the only one that probably predicted you know how this episode was going to play out. But I am I'm pretty proud of myself for calling out that inhibitor chip thing pretty early on. I it just works so well towards Crosshair's story, and it really helps the show step up from a very standard and and sorry, Megan, kids narrative okay. in the sense of yeah. like yeah. you know like if, if if it was a kid story, if it was a kid show, they would have removed his inhibitor chip, and he would. Oh, hugs. We're friends again. We're better now. Everything's fine. So, you Mm -hmm. know, if they all do serve, if all of them survive this, that's some really deep rooted character stuff that they have to deal with in that second season that just adds even more depth to these characters. And that's Mm -hmm. what, again, that's where that's where this elevates this show for me. Yeah. Again, I think that that's like the fact that he's had the chip out really reinforces my belief that he was doing this out of the like, he wants to protect his brothers. He wants to bring them back in where they are useful and they're not going to be hunted because he cares about them. And I think yes. that's the removal, like him not having the chip really makes that more believable. Like he is, this is the only place he feels safe. So he needs to bring his brothers back too. Mm. Well, think about it. He, he sets up with all of that previous conversation that he feels like a hurt brother that was abandoned by his other Mm -hmm. brothers and that he's very frustrated that he wasn't given an opportunity and a fair shot. And he was just judged based on some sort of chip in his head. And in fact, Mm -hmm. he doesn't have that chip. It's really been driven by his own self sort of emotion rather than the inhibitor chip. So Mm -hmm. I think that like that, that just helps to create like, you know, as Nate said, like a really in-depth sort of character study. Yeah. Yeah. It gives him way more layers. Yes, totally. Layers. 
Ogres are like layers. Um, Crosshairs are like layers. (laughs) Crosshairs are like layers. Listen, I'm not going to spend too much longer on this because we do got to get to our rating here. But as for the destruction of, um, I want to keep saying Tapioca City. (laughs) I know it's a poker. With all the bubbles too. Right? Tapioca City. Can there be a Star Wars like in in Galaxy's Edge, a place called Tapioca? Anyways, um, it's crazy though. (laughs) The music and and everything happening where you just show those barren scenes like you were saying, Darcy, like, I, I actually think I felt the same way that Omega must have felt seeing it destroyed, which is to say, like, seeing this place that we've grown to remember with such, like, nostalgia, seeing it all throughout, you know, Star Wars Episode Two and, and you know, Attack of the Clones and the Clone Wars, to see it be destroyed, part of me was happy because, let's face it, it's basically an army creator for the Empire, but another side of me felt this really strange, like, sadness, seeing it empty, knowing it was about to be erased. It's just such an important, I think part of star wars and so this is such an important moment for the star wars universe and i just i loved how how i loved how well they they handled it 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 felt very well handled it wasn't mishandled it was like it gave it the respect that it deserves for for what it did um and oh wow such a phenomenal moment yeah i think that feeling you're getting is really it goes to show you how well dave filoni knows this world this galaxy and how important the clone wars series was to showing us the depth of the clones versus what we got out of the the prequel trilogy totally and the 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 point that you made of the first episode talking about the clones being something of of more and how that first episode set that up and then the entire series would, would then explore that through different stories I think that that really does cement itself into these final moments of seeing um, Camino hollow, emptied, about to be destroyed. Uh, it's history we've we've experienced on a whole other level because I think we can think now beyond just the fact that it was just a place to generate soldiers for the Empire. They didn't know they were working for the Empire, right? Mm-hmm. Until that inhibitor chip switched in their head and then mm-hmm. they went to that side they were just good soldiers following orders right Uh and Uh you know what i mean so it's like it's at the end of the day the empire flipped the switch and basically at the same time made them useless uh because they needed Mm -hmm. to evolve beyond the clones uh Mm -hmm. so this 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 does hit hard and it's because of that rich history that you guys have, have already referenced that we feel it so much more Mm-hmm. Like the the we we've only seen Camino in a, in a good light basically because the clones didn't know they were fighting for the bad guys. They believed they were fighting the, the, for the greater good, trying yep. to protect the galaxy. Yep. And there's so like we we fall in love with all these characters: Rex, Wolf, Gregor, like all these the, the people we only get simple one off stories from. Even like the random clones that you grow attached to. It goes to show that they were more than just the soldiers that the Empire sees them as. And again easily to turn the switch off to use them uh, sorry flip the switch to kill them kill all the jedi and then to be like okay you've done your purpose now we don't That's need it. you anymore exactly it's, see yeah. it's the they were they're being discarded and it's kind of hurtful to see that after we've grown to love so many clones that we've seen over the series Absolutely. and it was crazy to see that like it, it hit even harder that it was clones that pulled that trigger like that he mm-hmm. gave the order to clones on that venator ship and she's right. like oh you come on like that oh, and you know and Dark. you know that clone is thinking in the back of his head, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Right? Because you know yeah. that they're all very conscious oh. when they're follow- or being forced to do these things. So Brutal. Clones yeah. are, I just feel so bad for. They're trapped in their own mind. It must suck. 
Jeez. Well, that's, yeah, you think about even when record changes, uh, example of a moment that is not for children, <laughs> um, <laughs> that afterwards he's like, I'm so sorry for everything I did. Like yeah. he knows he what knew he that, did yeah. and it sucked. Brutal. That's so sad. Brutal. Uh, all right, listen, let's let's get to uh, our, our final thoughts and our, our overall final score, uh, which for this episode, we're going to be rating it on a scale of one to... It feels bad saying this now. I don't know why I did this one. On a scale of one to five destroyed cloning labs. Uh, <laughs> Justin, let's start with yourself. Um, all right, coming out of the gate, five out of five destroyed what facilities okay. I, I loved it man i honestly like this is the this is the episode that just made me fall back in love with this show uh because wow. i was so frustrated with it and uh you know last episode was like really good and this episode was even better and i think the answers that it delivered on the questions that i was at least wondering and really setting up uh, as a penultimate for the finale it did its job and uh, i'm excited going into the finale and into season two so yeah five out of five for sure let's go okay darcy let's yeah. hear it bud uh I really liked it too. I mean, again, it, it's I need to see how the series ends for me to really properly judge this episode because it is a two-parter. So mm -hmm. they've really done a really good job of setting it up. Uh, I just hope that they follow through with it well because, again, throughout the series, you've kind of been kind of let down with how yeah. they wrap up some of these plot lines. Again, yeah. knowing there's a season two, I can kind of take that a bit better now if they do leave a bit more open. But uh, again, I'm going to probably give like a 4.8 out of 5. What was it, Sorry. Uh, destroyed cloning labs. Okay, so yeah, 4.8 out of 5 destroyed cloning labs. Because again, it could easily be a 5, but it re they really need to be able to follow through with the, the next I, I know. The reality of going 5 out of 5 and judging this as an episode, it's a penultimate. It's it's doing its setup, and it's like, mm. if it set up something, and even if it fails, it did a really good job at setting it up. <laughs> right. Yes. That's a, I, I gave it a 4.8. Okay, there does... Yeah, exactly. You're, you're just brushing there. there. So, <laughs> yeah. I just... I know it's not my favorite yeah. yet. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Megan. I'm right with you there, Justin. I'm giving this a 5 out of 5. Destroyed, destroyed cloning labs. cloning facility oh sure. labs yeah either one yeah <laughs> um yeah this like you said it set up everything that needed to be set up it answered everything it needed to answer it called back to all these amazing moments throughout this show and yep. the clone wars um yep. the episodes that the bad batch was featured in i loved every moment of it omega is very close to my heart now so all of her yep. growth really showed itself in this episode i loved it all right. Okay. Yeah. This episode. Come on. This episode was elevated. <laughs> this episode was elevated, and it it really shows after so many filler episodes what this series can do when it focuses on its yes. original characters and developing yes. their plot. Because ultimately, by moving these characters forward, we really get to see the galaxy progress and all the exciting aspects that that brings along with it for fans of of really any part of the story. For you know whether that be the prequels, the sequels, or the original trilogy. Again, I have mixed feelings on how predictable this episode was, but I'm glad it worked out the way and you know, I and, and a lot of us on the show and, and, and fans on the internet wanted it to. And I'm glad again that we you know, everything we thought that would happen happened in this episode and not the last one. So um listen, I I can't wait to see the terribly mean cliffhanger that they leave for us in the end of season one mm -hmm. uh in next week's episode. But I am giving this penultimate episode. 
five out of five destroyed cloning labs. I agree with you guys. I didn't. I was sitting at a four or five, and I just changed it to five because honestly, this conversation with all of you, I've watched the episode twice, um, and I, I kind of even want to watch it again before I go in to watch yeah, uh, next week's episode next week. It so next it's week, it's yeah. honestly it does really work. And Justin, to your point, as far as setting it up is concerned, even if it fails and it falls down hard this it did a really great job phenomenal. it set some it set yeah. some stuff up right mm-hmm. so good. um yeah all right listen at the end of most watch clubs we like to speculate on what we think is going to happen next and really this week ep- this week's episode set up for the finale episode in the in, you know for the first season so i guess my question for you batches um, which we call the segment "What's Gonna Happen Batch." Um, I hope that's okay to say with everyone. Um, <laughs> is, do you have any guesses for how this is all gonna end? Uh, you know, at least until 2022 when we get that season two uh, joints. What do you think? Whoa, well, well, mine is basically coming from our last episode. We talked about how we never saw what happened to uh, Lama Sue. Uh, yes. the uh, Owen, like and the doors closed and then kind of just that was it Ooh. so I'm wondering if they were they left him on Camino as well and if he's going to be the way that the Bad Batch find another way off the planet oh, I oh yes that. okay that's like, so much better I was like what's going to happen <laughs> to me they have to have someone who has more inside knowledge of those tubes and other parts of Camino in order to get off there because who oh, knows sh- if they can make it back to oh, the habit oh fuck yeah that, that's going to happen that is oh it. I really hope so <laughs> Yeah, I think I that's where I hope it goes because again, why would you set up that the ambiguous end to the pre, like the president or whatever and then just not go back to it? So I I, I hope that's the route they go because again, otherwise how else are they getting off this uh uh like destroyed facility where the tubes that looked like they were connected to all the other platforms are broken now. So it's well, uh, maybe that's why we saw those other tubes, right? Like now that kind yeah. of leads me to think that there was a purpose cuz like that scene was very interesting i didn't know if it was just more or less to showcase like their transportation like how they move around planet but like there has to be a significance now to that and you know omega already has an existing knowledge of it maybe she takes them and that that blows my mind i don't know i like that i like that a lot because it 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 also works really well from the themes of this episode if crosshair is not going to be if he's going to be incapacitated if it picks up right where we left off and he's incapacitated for at least the first you know, a few moments of the episode, they're going to need someone. And it, how perfect is it that it's someone that like they are opposed to, you know what I mean? Like that's just, yeah. that's really me. But who was also abandoned by the empire. Like oh, he yes, was left absolutely. by the empire. So it'd be, so it'd now be they just come to together. Like, yeah. 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 Common enemy. Was... Let's get out of here and survive together type thing. Yeah. Yes. He was initially wanting to eliminate Omega, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so. I, I, and he also wanted to, I think, I think he didn't really see a value value in, the bad batch if i'm not mistaken yeah. Yeah. it was it was more him that it was more them that he just you know he wanted their property back he wanted omega back but yeah. he didn't they, he didn't want the, the he could care less about the clones so i think that'll yeah, be but, interesting to see how their dynamics if that if that transpires that's great yeah yeah it it, it seemed like the, the he wanted omega back for her like untainted dna because she right. is just like a straight up clone with like unalterations it's that's why they were she was important to them but now that the empire's canned it i can see him being like well screw them you you can live let's get off here and like figure out what to do next type thing her cause... significance mm. and importance is oddly similar to that of grogu's importance in mandalorian mm-hmm. the way you just mm-hmm. outlined that uh, if you think about how they want her because she's a you know a pure version of the clone they they wanted to sort of 
full rich version of of a, a force sensitive creature and that's what grogu is so it's it's interesting that there's a there's even those little parallels that that kind of tie in in right beyond just the beyond just the the dads that didn't want to be dads or whatever right exactly right yeah Yeah, absolutely beyond that Um, beyond that yeah uh okay well i mean edit do you have any other predictions that you want to throw out there before we move into i think we're gonna see crosshair die and i think the whole team is Mm -hmm. gonna see it and if anything it you know, we, we again going back to what we were talking about before it being a kids show. It would be great if they killed off Crosshair, and it wouldn't be a kids show. And that's what I'd like mm-hmm. to see because that gives uh, strength and motive to the Bad Batch to maybe do what they've been kind of flirting with this entire season, which is do they go against the Empire because they are capable to do so and fight for good because that's what they know. I don't know. I feel like I feel like it'll it, it can give them the push that they need to go in the direction that they that we know that they're going to go. I'm going to I'm going to jump in there. You batch because you totally stole mine. But uh, it's it's yeah, absolutely. Crosshair is going to die. He's going to redeem himself. Right. Yes, I think course, yes. I think he's going to come to terms really quickly. that The Empire dropped him so easily. And so he's going to he's going to try to maybe save the bad. But I would love if he had to save Omega specifically and they have like a moment like where there's something's gonna happen and and they're about to die and they have to like talk to each other or something like that like just literally a moment where they sit and talk for five minutes and then you just sort of see this redemption process for him um i do think he's definitely gonna die i i think you know it, it, I, well i could see them doing something where he's maybe like die. maybe he, maybe he like falls or something we don't see him die and that way they can bring him back at some point in season two because like it, if you in an fall epic way in star wars you, you come back die. yeah Exactly yeah. right. So Darth maybe Maul he does one of those. Man. Come on. Um, but <laughs> honestly, as much as I I do think he's going to die because I think that would be better for his character arc. I would love to see him more in in the next season because I think you know let's face it like he's he just he's such a he's starting to become an integral part for this this team and I think that would be really cool. Um, but I don't know. He's going to die because he's going to save his family because let's face it. <laughs> He really is. He's like the Dom Toretto of the Bad Batch, right? He's, Whoa, he's all, but Dom he's gonna always be like, survives. It's all about family. Dom, yeah, then, but Dom always survives. Gonna... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm definitely on, I think he's going to live because I feel like another. Like if they just announced the second season, I feel like a lot of the storyline for that one could be him uh, like getting yeah. that redemption arc. Because right now, over the course of this, if you've just watched the Bad Batch, he's been the enemy the entire time. And sure, although yeah. we know that he may have been doing it for the right, reason, like right reasons in his mind, it's still there's still no reason for the care, like our the viewers as an audience to have that attachment to him where his death won't be sure. as impactful for us. It would be impactful sure. for the Bad Batch for sure, but without a season of growth to the characters that we've had with the rest of the Bad Batch, I feel like the death would, would be lacking some somewhat. So maybe next season we'd see his redemption arc and then eventual death after saving Omega. Like that's in my mind that just makes more for a, a better pacing uh, of the thing to have him redeem and then kill off just really really sucks in my opinion because i want Mm. to have the same growth that we've had with the rest of the bad batch uh yeah no i i again i would love that as well i just i don't i don't i don't think it's gonna happen i think star wars always goes a little dark um omega i mean uh, megan uh what did you what do you have any predictions uh can you use your force uh sensitive powers to find out uh what's gonna happen in our finale 
I the first words that came out of my mouth when that episode ended was like, well, I have no idea what's going to happen next week. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's yeah. nothing in my brain that's like, oh, this could happen. I yeah. Darcy, I love your idea of the president having to help them. I think that's such that makes so much sense because like we've all said, it didn't make sense that that door closed and we didn't hear blaster sounds or yeah. there was yes. like nothing yeah. happened. So I was like, yeah. uh, what's yeah. going on? I also just want to say I've been waiting 14 weeks for you to call me batch. So we're <laughs> <laughs> well, you got it batch. <laughs> um, I, I, here's an odd one. What if they killed Hunter? No, you can't. No, yeah. not Hunter. See, that, you can't. Hunter. I'd be more on board with that because that would be impactful to the Bad Batch and to the audience. I guess we love it, but we also would get to see what his oh. role in Omega's life would mean going forward. And what if she, that is the Omega would be her. the new Hunter? Oh. That's, <laughs> but, and, I'd be and on Crosshair, board with that. And Crosshair has to, and Crosshair really makes the shift because he he sacrifices himself for Crosshair. <sighs> Right. Mm-hmm. I would so, and then Omega extends the olive branch as the connecting <laughs> thing for the next season. Like, no. Omega so they, is the one who understands him and is like, "You're still so, part of the family. Don't worry." Okay, and if they if they were to do that, Megan, it wouldn't be a kids show. It wouldn't be a good <laughs> yeah, show, and I would I go against everything, <laughs> everything, because that is good storytelling. Because you just gave your characters oh. super, super, super big ambition and motives for season two and, and what that looks like for mm-hmm. for the future of the series. And how cool would it bold. be if she if she could see him as a force ghost? Like <laughs> later on, you know, and she's like she's really struggling, like, Hunter, I just wish you were here. And he's like, I am here. And it's like, what? <laughs> maybe not force ghost because that would be stretching it yeah but i could see her if we if we talked about how she how she has potentially these memory force related abilities right so if we see like very vivid flashbacks from her perspective from these these missions that we never got to we see, never got to see yeah and we could see him imparting these, these like these crucial points oh. of knowledge that she then uses i could oh, see so that we, being a we very would relive really the cool moments through flashbacks that yeah. would be sick yes yeah, so uh. and that way you could still get the character but also you have you're filling I, I, in those gaps you don't know he still have the impactful moments of like the ro- the role that he had in Omega's life. I think that right. would go a really long way. So yeah, I'm more no, on board for Hunter dying than Crosshair. Personally. I had to throw it out Especially, there because I, I think that, that that in itself, because, you know, as Darcy was saying, with Crosshair, we weren't so connected with him throughout the story, but we were very connected with Hunter and mm-hmm. Omega. So it, to, to, to eliminate him and to give the, this batch a new motive with the loss of, of their leader, that would be pretty, that would be pretty daring. But... Who knows? They might just cop out and it'll be a kid's show. What? <laughs> well, I just want to point out, we keep saying kid's show and stuff like that. If we think back to the Rebels, and Rebels had started off very kiddish, but then by the last two seasons, it gets so real. So it maybe it's just, it's starting to grow up with the audience. They're starting off with this light, you know, fresh or, you know, kind of intense storylines. And as the seasons go on, it'll get more and more, like stakes are being raised and, and there will be impacts going forward. I was going to say, if they kill Hunter, it may hurt me more than what happened at the end of Rebels. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Spoiler, it's, yeah. yeah, spoiler when for Rebels. dies in Rebels, yeah. I was oh. a mess. Oh. I like oh. sat there. I can't believe they, how could they do that? Yeah. I'm offended. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was so upset. All right, yeah. listen, you batches. I'm starting to get upset, okay? You're making me cry by saying that Hunter's going to die and Amiga, she needs Hunter. we got to stop batching on I don't want to be in a tube. Um, anyways, <laughs> before we go into our traditional wrap-up, Megan, is there anything that you would like to plug for the troopers listening uh, so they can know where to find you and your incredible work? 
Absolutely. Um, I have my own personal Instagram. It is meganclara.draws. You can find all of my artwork there as well as my in-print shop if you're looking for any interesting art pieces for your house. Um, I currently have uh, fantasy duos as the themes I've got yeah, up there. So I like it's those. a bunch of like, there's a couple Star Wars ones, some Marvel ones. Yeah. Um, and also I am one of many now uh, video dames. Uh, we have a podcast. Uh, Alyssa has a stream on Twitch uh, under It's Your Girl Alyssa. Um, and we're all constantly playing Fortnite on there. So if you ever <laughs> want to watch a bunch of girls play Fortnite, um, come on over. And we have a lot of fun. It's definitely a good time. And and uh, yeah, and hearing you on the podcast, like, again, it's just so it's cool to know that like, like, as I'm listening to you, I'm like, ah, oh, she's doing so good on that podcast. And then I'm like, <laughs> and, and I was like, yeah, she was on our podcast first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, you, this was the first podcast I was ever on. There you on. go. There you go. Um, so super cool. And uh, and I am, I'm really digging your fantasy duo series. Uh, the Hera and Kanan one yes. is gorgeous. If any of our listeners yeah. are looking for absolutely beautiful Star Wars art, um, Megan, you've got that one. You've got a few other pieces as well. So yeah. definitely. We'll put it in the description. Yeah. Put in the, the show links notes. in that yeah. description. in yeah. the show notes. Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> All right, batches. Listen, uh, that's it for the fifteenth and penultimate episode of our Watch Club for Star Wars: The Bad Batch season one we hope you enjoyed this week's episode of watch club and if you did make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts if you haven't already and if you want to write into the show with your thoughts or your predictions on the shows we cover in watch club well listen you don't have to rescue your brother from your other brother only to find out your other brother is a huge liar and never wants to change his ways until you stun him and then see your childhood home blown up instead justin can you let the batches know where they can reach us by hollow message Sure, they they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Keep in mind, we also have a ton of other episodes covering the latest content on Disney+, Plus, including our spoiler-free review for Disney's Jungle Cruise. Uh, And, you know, we've also got uh, maybe some really cool stuff coming up with uh, What If, uh, which I'm really, really excited to dig into. Um, And also, while it's not Disney... Uh, you might also enjoy our review, both spoiler-free and spoiler-filled, in the same review. Crazy. For Crazy. James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Um, so definitely go give those a listen and a five-star review, if you don't mind. Justin Darcy. Oh, and by the way, Megan is coming on next week as well for our yes. finale, if that wasn't already apparent. So super <laughs> stoked to have you on. If we didn't already know. Yes. Justin, Darcy, and Megan, thank you so much for joining me for this Watch Club. And as we say, good soldiers, followers. followers.